The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's a show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. We have a good store, a good show in store for you today. We're going to be uh, continuing our topic from last week. <clears throat> she said this, but means that part two. So what is it that is uh, so aggravating about women? They just can't talk straight. I'm going to give you some of the lines that they come up with and what they really mean with those lines. So if you happen to have missed last week's show, um, we we really got into it and today's show is a continuation of some of the, those same types of lines. So for last week's show, you can go to my new SoundCloud page. All you have to do is go to Google, uh, Google the Men's Advocate, Linda Gross, and there you are. You will have uh, my whole repertoire of the previous archives. <clears throat> Alrighty, so to get on with uh, the topic, um, I had uh, actually one of the topics from last week was she's lying, the category was she's lying and she has an agenda and you know her line that I said was he's just a friend and you, what I said on last week's show was when she says that he's just a friend what she really means when she introduces the two of you is he's just a friend that I had sex with. So one of my listeners, uh, Robert, uh, wrote in and he says, how do you know if she went to bed with this uh, guy that she's introducing you with or not? So the key word to listen, listen to is, um, this is Robert, this is my friend Tyler. So listen for the word friend. Friend usually indicates that she has had sex with him. Otherwise, if she has not had sex with him, she's going to say, Robert, meet Tyler. You see how there's no qualifier there versus Robert, meet my friend Tyler. Okay, so that's what you have to listen listen to is that word that was a really good question is that word friend okay got it all right so um let's move on to the next category we are going to talk talk about uh all the ones in this category um mean that yes it bothers me so if she says something like i'm not mad it means that Yes, she is mad. <laughs> Again, she's using this as a tactic to, uh, you know, divert an argument or what have you. Uh, the next one is, my friend thought what you did was very rude. So the translation of this is, I thought what you did was very rude. When she puts it in third person, it sort of deflects from her that, you know, it wasn't, you know, she's not being confrontational with you, so that's why she puts it in third person. I don't know what you're talking about means that she knows the whole story and she caught you in a lie. So basically, it means that she knows everything and she's waiting for you to spill the beans. So when she says, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, guess what, fellas? She knows everything that you're talking about and probably then some. Um, 
what if she comes up with a line that says, I'll think about it. What she really means is, I don't agree or heck to the no. That's what that means. Uh, when she says, I'm cold. What that means is, close the freaking window. I'm freezing over here. If she says something like, you can watch whatever show you want. The translation of that is, I don't like your show, and I'm going to go in the other room and watch my girl shows. How about if she says, do you want to split the bill? So what she is really saying is, I'm just going to try to appear to be polite by offering to split the bill, but I want you to come in and save the day and say, oh, no, honey, that's okay. You know, I've got it. So, um, you know, unless you're business associates where you absolutely should be splitting the bill and there's no sex involved, you know, go ahead and split the bill. But if it's a girlfriend situation, um, she's being disingenuous. She really doesn't want to split the bill at all. Otherwise, if she wanted to have split the bill, she would, have, she would have taken the bill. You know, like some of the time she would have taken the bill and paid for it herself if she's going to, you know, come meet you halfway. What if she says something like, oh, honey, you don't have to buy me a present? The translation of this, as you may have guessed, is it doesn't matter what day of the year it is. It doesn't have to be my birthday, Christmas, or Valentine's Day, or any other special day. Girls are always welcoming of a certain day that involves their getting a present. So be careful when she says, you don't have to buy me a present. What she really means is, well, you maybe you don't have to. But it would be super nice if you did, and I'll view you in a better light if you did. Okay, what if she says, oh, you don't have to? It means you probably should. <laughs> you do whatever you want. What that means is, you know, you can go ahead and do whatever you want, meaning I'm leaving you to go with the boys or something, but there are consequences to pay for the action that you've taken because you're making a decision without me, without including me, and there'll be a consequence later on. That's what the translation of that one means. Okay, um, let's say if you are going out anyway to get something to eat and you ask her if she wants something and and she says you know no she doesn't want anything and then let's say you come back empty-handed that you didn't get you know she said no I don't want anything so you're just taking her at face value and you didn't bring anything back for her so the translation of that means I need you to be a mind reader to guess what I want so if she says no I don't want anything Oh, it's almost like you have to bring her a little something something anyway because then she's going to get upset. So I would say if she really isn't hungry, I would say um, most women do like sweets. So maybe if there's a dessert, so if she's not hungry right then and there, at least she can save, save the dessert for later and eat it later and you haven't shown up empty-handed. Okay. Oh, just forget it. The translation of that means, do I have to do everything myself? If so, what do you need me? What do I need you for? Just forget it. <laughs> okay. And lastly, it's, uh, she says, what or huh? Okay, whenever she says what or huh, it means that I'm processing what you've said. I heard you, but I don't like what you've just said. So when she acts like she can't hear what you're saying, she's heard it. She just doesn't like what she's hearing. So that's why it comes across like that. 
All right. If you have uh, just joined us, you're welcome to call us at 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. When we come back from the break, I'm going to take a a letter by uh, one of my listeners, Frank, and we'll get right into it. Okay? Talk to you soon. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Tackle relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. I'm going to um, review a, uh, a letter that uh, was posted on one of my listeners' pages, and um, I'm going to respond to what he's got, got to say. Before we get into his letter, though, I want to give a shout-out to Colin. Um, he is from Elizabethtown, Kentucky. So, hey, Colin. Thanks for uh, writing me. By the way, you too can get a shout out. It's very easy. All you have to do is go to my Facebook fan page. Same name as the show. That would be the the Facebook, um, the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. And just uh, make a post right there on my wall. Or if you're too shy, give me a private message. Say that you want a shout out and what city you're calling from. And I'll be happy to mention you on air as well. Okay? So easy. All right? Okay, so uh, here is his letter, Frank's letter. And he writes, How many of the men out there have quietly looked at multiple women's profiles? Not stalking, mind you. And you come across one that seems not only 100% compatible, but maybe 1,000% compatible. I mean, her political views, her quips on their means, innuendo comments, um, maybe possibly suggesting their sexual attitudes, plus bonus of all bonuses, they appeal to you visually. It's a, it's, it's a winner, right? And then, you know, you, you give her a simple, hi, my name is so-and-so, only to be shot down. <coughs> Excuse me. Rudely and harshly. You didn't say anything out of line. It's just a simple salutation. All you said was hi. Okay, ladies, if you aren't open to the conversation or possibly coffee with somebody, 
please preface your profile with a warning. Please tell us, quote unquote, not interested in being sociable or possibly meeting anyone. Yes, I have a profile up, but for God knows what reason. I don't know. I just can't figure you ladies out. Um, You know, I don't understand why you ladies get your panties in a twist when somebody sends you a greeting. It's hi. It's hello. I mean, it's nothing more than that. Okay? So, um, you know, I don't understand why you're getting so upset. If your posts are blatantly sexual or off-color, realize that there are too many uncouth people out there who will take that as an invitation to speak dirty to you. Personally, I would like to get to know someone before I get to that level. So I, uh, anyway, his, his comment and his question is, why is she posting her profile and then she gets completely upset, the profile writer gets completely upset when you just say, hi, my name is Frank. Okay, so that's a really good question, and I get these kind of comments all the time, and believe you me, it's a, a thousand percent turn off when a guy, as his opening line, says, hi, hello, hi or hello. Um, is it a salutation? Yes, it's a salutation, but in my mind, the reason why this doesn't work is because you're just lazy. You know, you're expecting, you know, two letters, H-I, to be the, the beginning and the end of the conversation. I mean, it's just lazy on your behalf. Um, th- another reason why um, I don't respond to this, you know, as well as this uh, profile maker, is I feel like uh, you don't know how to talk. You don't know how to open and carry the conversation, which is a big turnoff because most women do like to talk. So if the guy is only going to open with, hi, my name is John, I mean, it's not exciting. It means that you don't know how to talk. So you're going to have to go a little bit more than just that. Thirdly, um, I feel like you cut and pasted the hi (laughs) to a hundred other women. So therefore, I don't feel special. I feel like you're just, you know, going through the numbers, cut, paste, cut, paste, cut, paste, and there's nothing special about me or my profile or how I look or anything that's that's in my profile that appealed to you. So because I don't feel special, I'm not going to respond or I'm going to respond negatively. So that's why. And Fourthly, lastly, I feel like the guys who do this are typically looking for one thing. They're just looking for sex. They're not looking for, I mean, it's just a numbers game, I guess, on your end. And there's just no effort involved. It just seems like you're just going to throw everything up on the wall. And if you're doing this with 100 other women, that maybe one or two out of the 100 might respond to you. And I, and I guess that's where you're going. So that's why we, we take such offense to this as an opening line. Now, what should you do differently than this? What, what should you do to get a, a positive response? Um, first off, I'm going to say that my letter writer absolutely does read the profile. I mean, not all guys read profiles. You know, most of them are just looking at the pictures and that's the end of that. But I know for a fact that my guy is probably reading every word in the profile. So if you're going to take the time to read every word in the profile, your best course of action would be to respond to something in the profile. Okay, so what that means is, um, from my book, Mastering Women, um, The Real Truth About Women That Will Change Your Life Forever, okay, you can find that on Amazon, both in ebook and in paperback, um, I go over four ways to win her over, and the four ways are called uh, the four C's, okay, so C number two is connect with her meaning find something in common and connect with her on that level. 
Okay, makes sense. So to give you an example, maybe you read her profile and it says that she likes pokey. Okay, so pokey is kind of similar to sushi, um, except it's not naked raw fish. It sort of ha it's sort of mixed with some sort of sauce and seasoning and what have you, and it's absolutely delicious. Uh, if you go to Hawaii, you might have had this dish in Hawaii. All right, so let's say she says in her profile she likes pokey. So pull that out of her profile, and that's how you should respond to her. Say, gee, I see that you like pokey. I like pokey, too. Um, I usually get my pokey at Fish, Fish X, um, which is on Main Street. Where do you go to eat your pokey? So, or something like that. Or, you know, how, how did you discover pokey might be a good one? Or... Or uh, where do you commonly go might be a good one. In other words, take something that's in her profile, find something that you connect to, and make that your icebreaker. So if she says, you know, I, I play tennis, and if you play tennis, then use that as your icebreaker. Say, gee, I play tennis at Plumber's Park every Saturday. Um, where do you normally play tennis? And do you play in singles? Do you play in doubles? And, and see what she says. I mean, use that as an icebreaker. So the whole thing about saying, hi, my name is John, is just not going to cut it. I mean, you know, it, of course, she has a profile up there because she wants to meet people. But you have to put out some effort for her to want to meet you back. Make sense? Okay. All right. Um, I, th I think, you know, by doing so, by finding something to connect with, you appear like you're listening to her. You appear confident because you have something to talk about. Um, it shows that you are interacting with her, which is, you know, always a good thing. Women are always open to people, men who are interacting all right, so it's not that she wants to, you know, shut you down. It's more to the effect of you're just not approaching her in a way that she's going to be receptive to. And it's all about approaching her in the right way. Okay, makes sense. All right, so let's go on to other news that's going on. Um, apparently, feminism is soon going to be an official subject in Australian schools. Uh, this is from an article uh, called viralwomen.com post-feminism. And the article uh, goes like, like this. And I quote, The first accredited subject in the Australian curriculum that addresses gender inequality is being launched today at Melbourne's Fitzroy High School. Students will learn about gender equality's ties to domestic violence, media representations of gender, statistical breakdowns around the pay gap, and female visibility in sports over 30 lessons. Boy, that's almost like a full school semester, I guess. Um, maybe, maybe half a, half a, you know, a, a Half a year, I would, I would guess. According to ABC, the subject was generated by a group of students who were frustrated by the effects of gender discrimination and their school, in their school. A dozen or so of the students began by forming what they called the Fitzroy Feminist Collective, where they gathered to make posters to put up around the school and rant about their frustrations. For 16-year-old Zuza, it was the lack of public recognition of women's sports, while for Nia, who's 17 years old, it was feeling beholden to stereotypes of women cooking and cleaning. It's not teaching kids to be feminists or a political ideology. It's teaching kids about gender inequality that does exist. The curriculum is aimed at female and male students. Brianne O'Keefe assures that she's trying to get young men and women to think a bit more critically about the sorts of sexist behaviors they might either engage in or see on a daily basis. Feminism has had some fairly legitimate criticisms leveled at it, um, at it about 
it by being directed at very white middle-class women. We want to make sure we didn't reinforce that and show gender inequality is just one side of discrimination. Of course, there's race and sexuality, and you can, um, and you can experience it at an intersecting basis, end quote. So what do you think about this topic? If you have uh, comments with regard to feminism and whether or not the uh, incidences that these two young ladies are citing, do you consider them to be feminist uh, practices? I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I don't know how you f can be 16 and 17 years old and say, okay, I'm subject to um, feminist rituals and labels and so forth. I don't know. I just kind of don't get it. But um, so anyway, let's go through the article and and see if uh, if any of this makes sense. Okay, so she's saying there's the uh, first late first young lady said it was she joined because there's a pub there's a lack of public recognition of women's sports. So let's see. Is this a true statement? Yes, it is a true statement. And why is that? Okay, so maybe this one is a little bit sexist because typically female athletes, uh, you know, don't get their rank because let's say the sporting event is a female sporting event. Um, it just doesn't play well in television and the audience isn't there. Women aren't, you know, a lot of women are not interested in sports and so they're not supporting female athletes and then the men could care less in other words if we're going to watch a men's soccer team versus a women's soccer team the men are almost always going to watch um, the men only because male athletes and this is a generality are going to be you know more aggressive there's going to be more to watch there's going to be more aha moments you know if they're watching basketball for example maybe there's more three pointers maybe there's somebody getting knocked out and you know a concussion to the head there's just more action uh, you know not that that's good or bad that there's just usually more action in a sport where men are playing than are women so you know, a lot, it's, you know, it shouldn't be that way, but it just is that way. And so men are showing up because they want to see blood and guts. I mean, you know, they want to see the two teams duke it out. And they feel that sometimes, uh, you know, women playing sports don't have that same level of drive, aggression, and energy that they would like to see. So to that end, the rating for women's sports just isn't there. So, um, so okay, I, I think on this one, I'm going to agree with her. I mean, do we need a feminist coalition, you know, because of that? No. Um, maybe you get, maybe as a, a young woman, you get your public recognition in areas other than sports, because that's not a good one. Um, you know, Mother Nature, in general, made men bigger, badder, stronger, faster than we are for a reason. I mean, way back when, 10,000 years ago, men were hunters. So, you know, we are still carrying on, um, you know, that, that gene. So, you know, that's the kind of drive that, that uh, the viewers are looking for. And, you know, maybe she's got to give up on having sports, you know, female sports be in the forefront. Maybe she's got to make her mark in other areas. All right. So let's say for the other girl, Nia, who was 17 years old, she was feeling uh, beholden to stereotypes of women cooking and cleaning. Okay. So whose fault is that? Um, I would say, you know, if you're going according to the media, uh, that stereotype probably is prolific. And the reason why is because the advertisers who are paying for that show in their time slot, they want to make sure that you're buying their, you know, um, uh, dishwashing liquid or their bar of soap or their brand of bleach or whatever it is. So it's not necessarily that they're carrying on a stereotype. 
more importantly, it's because the people who pay for the one-hour show or the half-hour show, they want to be sure that their product is sold. And 98% of what is uh, advertised is bought by women, even if the product ultimately is for men, like a razor or underarm deodorant or whatever, they're still catering towards a female buyer. So to that end, is this, is this um, a stereotype where they're showing women who are cooking and cleaning? I guess if you're the advertiser and if you have a product that involves cooking and cleaning... <laughs> which many of the av- advertisements on air, they are in that area, um, you know, then it's going to be a problem. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see them advertising engineering degrees. Let's put it that way. Uh, they typically know who their audience is, know the types of programs they want to watch. So they're going to cater to those programs in those specific areas. Good, bad, or indifferent, that is what it is. All right. Okay. So they said that the class is not about teaching kids to be feminist or a particular uh, political ideology. It's teaching kids about gender inequality and that, that it does exist. I don't know. I I just don't like this whole business of labels. I think when you're caught up in a label, you get stuck with that label. I mean, if you it's it's like, you know, waving a big flag over everybody's head to say there's inequality and I'm stuck with this label. I'm being discriminated against. I mean, the more you identify with that, the more you will say stay stuck in that place. So rather than talking about it, it probably is better to have action. So if you're a female and you want to go after an engineering degree, just shut up and go after it. I mean, it's like once you get that accomplished, um, that will show that you've broken out of the mold. So I'd like to see, you know, less whining about this topic and more doing. I think... um, I mean, let's say, you know, you're an alcoholic and then you stop drinking. If every minute you're saying, if you tell people, oh, I don't drink and oh, I'm in AA and oh, I'm this and oh, I'm that, the more you focus on what that label is, you will not break free of the shackles of whatever the label is. So I I feel that this is kind of the the same thing. All right. Okay, so it says the curriculum is aimed at both male and female students. And and the one young lady is trying to get young men and women to think more critically about the sorts of sexist behaviors that they might either engage in or see on a daily basis. Um, That's all well and good. But I don't think it should be one-sided. If you're going to do this, you know, I'm sure there are stereotypes as well uh, with regard to generalizations, with regard to men. So it should kind of go swing both ways. If you're going to talk about, um, you know, the, the sexist behaviors for women, then you should also talk about the sexist behaviors for men. It would show that you're balanced and even-handed and you're not out to get men, you're not out to get the opposite sex, that your class is more educational and informational. Um, But I doubt that they're doing that. I think it's probably a one-sided class. Okay, so feminism has had some fairly legitimate criticisms leveled at it by being directed at very white middle-class women. Hmm. Uh, Again, I didn't know that feminism was just addressing a small section of the population. Uh, Again, you're, you know, outclassing and ruling out a whole segment of women who are of color. Are you saying that women of color don't experience feminism, uh, you know, and sexist beliefs as much? Uh, I, I don't understand what the, the message here is. It's, it's kind of confusing. And I think, 
it should not be broken down. I mean, if you're going to say, um, you know, they're having a feminism class, then it should address all women, you know, just the full scope of the gender in, in its totality. All right. Doesn't make sense otherwise. Okay. Um, okay. So they gathered, these young women gathered to make posters to put up, up around the school and rant about their frustrations. <sighs> I don't like the word rant. Okay. It means that you're there to uh, criticize and denigrate and, and uh, have a bitch fest around this where Instead, you should be coming from a place of uh, being informational and educational. So ranting, I, I don't know, it has, it has a negative connotation that you're going to make the, the, the men wrong for something. And when you're in that mode, I don't think the men are going to listen. So I don't see how effective this is going to be, you know, with regard to getting their, their uh, message across. Okay, another thing that they wanted to uh, go over was uh, the gender equality's ties to domestic violence. Hmm. Okay, well, it's good to bring up that topic, but realize that not just men are the subject of domestic violence. So, again, I would like to see this group be even-handed, um, you know, and maybe go over both scenarios and kind of... Um, present the class in a way that it is there to achieve a certain level of understanding that here's how we're going to solve the problem rather than, you know, we're going to present the problem in such a way that we're going to create even more distance. So, you know, to that I would say try to present the problem um, with the effect that you want to solve it and bridge the gap. Okay, students will also learn about media representations of gender. We talked about that just a moment ago. Um, you know, part of the media representation of gender is is to sell their, you know, multinational corporations selling their product because they're sponsoring a show. So in the event that it's not an advertiser in the media, maybe it's just a, you know, an entertainment television program or something to that effect that's that's talking about how women are viewed in the media, um, you know, rather than only broadcasting all the, the negativity that goes along with it, maybe you might want to say, here's how you would like to see it change and change for the better and give specific examples of what that would look like, how, how it would be, how it would not be biased by presenting it in a different way. If, if the media did X, Y, and Z, then their dealings would be a little bit more even-handed. So I wouldn't come from a place of just criticizing. I would come from a place of here's a possible solution on how it might work. Okay. Um, lastly, giving statistical breakdowns around the pay gap. Okay, well, that's that's a loaded topic as well because uh, there have been studies that have shown that um, you know you're, when you compare the exact same title with the exact same title that men and women are paid um, uh, very much in line with each other, but oftentimes women. Um, do far less than their male counterpart for a given job, and it is for that reason that there is disparity. Maybe he's got more degrees, maybe he's got more education, maybe he's got more years on her with regard to um, experience or extracurricular activity that directly relates to his job. You know, these are factors that should be in the file in the HR department that the base pay for this job is this, but if you have some of those compensating factors, that's what would bump up the base pay from the lower amount to a mid-range amount or a higher amount. So I think it's uh, not really fair of women to say that there is a um, statistical breakdown around the pay gap. Oftentimes, women are taking jobs that are that demand less risk, less education, and less 
um, experience, but they're demanding the same rate of pay when really the two jobs and the two positions are not equal at all. So I think they have to look at those sorts of things. Okay, so um, that's it for that one. If you have just joined us, you're listening to The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. You too can call in on this and any of these topics. Call us at 951 952-3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. We'll catch you right back after the break. You've had a long day. You just want to escape the world. And you know just the place to do it. Round up your mates and head on over to Henson Brewing Company. Burbank's first craft brewery. Quality, complexity, and always easy to drink. Follow our progress and support us on Facebook and Kickstarter. Coming winter 2016. Henson Brewing Company. Come as you are. Hi guys, you've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That'll Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM. Where men can be men. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. By the way, next week we have a great show for you. Um, it's called It Pays to Lie. We're going to be having an aggrieved father, Rob Manzanars, and family law attorney, Wes Hutchins. And the name of the show is Fraud Immunity with regard to his adoption case. Um, his, uh, his ex his ex-girlfriend put up the child for adoption in an illegal manner and the adoptive family, um, you know, they can all just lie and what have you. And the court system seems to think that's okay. And they've given her a free ride. It's called fraud immunity. So we're going to talk about um, this family law case that's coming up next week. That would be Wednesday, 3 p.m., uh, 6 p.m., uh, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and then 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I'll, I hope that you will be here to catch that very important show with us. Uh, for right now, we have a, a new segment on my radio program. It's called Rideshare Rants. I have a new Facebook page to that same name. 
and it'll be uh, usually at, th- at 45 minutes past the hour. I do have on, um, I'm looking for uh, rideshare drivers. This would be uh, an Uber driver or Lyft driver. And for you guys to call in with your crazy passenger stories. So right now, I'm going to bring on Tomas. Welcome, Tomas. How are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. Sure thing. So you are a uh, rideshare driver, correct? That is correct. Awesome. And I think you have a couple of stories for us. So tell us a little bit about your story. Okay. Well, um, this was uh, was about 2 a.m. And uh, I'm picking up a a young man and a young woman, uh, you know, in in the city of Rosemead. And... uh, you know, nearby, I do notice a, a sheriff's vehicle, and there is a uh, somebody in the back seat, and it looks like they were arrested. And uh, as this young man and young woman get in my car, I, I find out uh, pretty quickly that that was actually uh, her boyfriend and his best friend who had got arrested for, for driving drunk. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, you know, it wasn't more than a few seconds into the ride before the, the man started hitting on his friend's girlfriend and... You know, they were making out uh, within a couple of seconds after that. And he was uh, trying to get busy. He was trying to convince her to uh, let him spend the night. And she kept uh, saying that he couldn't. But he was, you know, pretty persistent about asking anyways. And, um, you know, I was I was a little nervous that I could possibly be uh, letting these people make a, a bad, drunken decision. Uh, not so much the incident, uh, you know, the cheating, but... Uh, because they were both drunk, I was afraid that, you know, it's a possibility the next day she could call it rape and uh, he could get in trouble and I might have to be some kind of witness and I might be in trouble for not stopping it. So I casually, you know, went in the middle of their making out, I asked them, um, so how much did you guys have to drink? And, uh, you know, I find out it was the, the poor guy who, who got arrested. It was his birthday and people kept giving him shots after shots and he was chugging beers and... Uh, you know, they were drinking a lot, too, and uh, they just couldn't keep up with them. And you know, the reason that uh, he was the driver, it was because it was his brother's car, and uh, he promised his brother he would have it home in the morning. So that's how he ended up with the DUI. But uh, nevertheless, these two had a lot to drink, and you know, she was clearly, you know, she was slurring and pronouncing words funny, so I knew she was more drunk out of the two of them. And uh, we pull over to a 7-Eleven, and he gets out, and, you know, I'm just kind of watching, and I notice he he buys uh, some condoms, so now I'm really nervous, like, oh, boy, this is uh, putting this me is in an uncomfortable go down, position. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> putting me in an uncomfortable position. If they were both sober, I, will, I don't care what adults do, but the fact that she was really drunk, and, um, you know, I was getting really nervous. So I pulled up to to her house, and all the lights were on. They both got kind of a weird look that the lights were on. And uh, and this is a big guy, and he's asking me uh, to help carry this, or help take this woman into the house. And I I thought it was odd because she's like 5 feet and 70 pounds. And I figured out why, because as soon as, uh, you know, her parents opened the door, her her father started uh, cussing both of us out in Spanish. And uh, it was clear that uh, the uh, the father and this man knew each other, that there was some sort of bad blood. And, you know, I had to explain to the father that I don't want to get in the middle of this. I'm just a taxi driver. And, uh, you know, it looked like they were really heated, really getting down into this. And then I, I give my, my passenger a way out. I tell him, look, uh, I don't get paid much for waiting around. Either we're going to get going or you have to find yourself another another Uber driver. So, you know, we both get in my car and we leave. And then... Uh, you know, I, I kind of asked him, you know, very casually, non-judgmentally, I said, what, what's all that about? And, uh, you know, this man starts to tell me that uh, this woman and him, he, they used to date. And, uh, you know, he starts bragging that, uh, oh, if I would have had them, uh, if I would have had him take them, take them to his house, for sure he would have got it in and no one would have ever known. And then I said, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe, because I'm, I'm not trying to aggravate this guy because I, I do need good ratings at this point. And, um, you know, then I just asked him again very casually. I'm like, is, is everything cool between you and your friends? And he says, oh, yeah, we're, we're cool, we're cool. It's just that, you know, we used to date, I used to date this girl, and then he dated her next, and I didn't like that. And he was saying it was the guy's fault because he knew what kind of woman uh, she was before they even started dating. And I was like... 
Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, again, just being non-confrontational because, you know, I didn't want to deal with uh, this guy's headache. Wow, that's that's quite a story there, that he used to date her before the the friend who ended up with the DUI. Right, and, uh, you know, so he, he, level, he yes, went back in to, like, reclaim code. his territory, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, either way, uh, like I said, I, I don't care what the folks do. Uh, these aren't people that, I, that I'm never going to see again. So, I, you know, whatever they do is their business. It's my main thing uh, was I, I just didn't want the... You know, any sex to go down and then have her regret it the next day and get both of us in trouble. Him, obviously, much more in trouble, but, you know, me too for possibly not stopping it. That's a very strong consideration. So as a driver, you know, you're kind of torn with, like, how much you can say because, you know, it might get you in trouble. Their actions might get you in trouble. Like, you know, like you said, like if the next day she claims rape or something like that, you know, that's going to be on you too because, like, you're allowing a crime to happen or whatever, being that the girl was so intoxicated at the time. So it's really a fine line. You handle that really well. Right. Uh, well, at that point, I had been doing it for close to a year, so I, I kind of knew... You know, if I'm dealing from other drunk people, how to go about it. But, uh, uh, you know, more than anything, I, I just didn't want to, uh, you know, have to face any legal problems. At the at the time, I, I needed the money a lot, so I didn't want to lose my, my Uber's license either. To I didn't want the guy to claim that I was a total jerk and uh, Uber revoked me either. We found him the money, which, which has happened to some drivers I know. And then, then there's more added pressure, like you were saying, that <clears throat> beyond, you know, a possible legal issue like rape or something like that, then you got to be so diplomatic because it's all about the ever important, you know, rating system. So the new person that's reading your rating, they don't know what went down. They don't know all the be- behind the scenes story of what went down. So you have to you know, really walk that tight line to where you say what you need to say, but then you don't piss off the, the passenger to where he or she is giving you a bad review. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, uh, you know, sometimes you, you don't know what the rating is until the next morning, and you kind of see, okay, I went up a little, I went down a little, but you're never quite sure who gave you what rating. But, you know, either way, I, I just try to always be polite because, Uber and their ratings are, you know, it's not a good system. Oh, so you don't, when you get a rating, you don't know who it's from or what ride it's from? You can sometimes, you can sometimes guess it, but you can't always, um, you can't know specifically. You know, if you give one ride and the next day you find out, if you're giving eight or nine rides in a night, uh, you won't know who rated you what. Would you say that most people do leave a rating? So if you have eight or nine rides, at least, you know, more than half of them do leave a rating? In my experience, only about half leave ratings. Okay, gotcha. So it is a little bit of a guessing game. All right. Well, thank you, Tomas, for your stories. We'll look forward to uh, future stories. If you happen to be a a rideshare driver from uh, Uber or Lyft and have uh, crazy passenger stories, you too can call in to Rideshare Rants, and I usually have them 45 minutes past the hour. So for the rest of us, uh, I'll see you back next time. Join me on the Men's Advocate Show, Uh, like my Facebook fan page, listen to me on SoundCloud, Um, you know, I have, uh, you know, like the post and so forth, and um, we will see you back again here next week. So until next time, 